welcome to the Blue Fire Digital Network. Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. Today's scripture comes from Revelation 21, 3-6, which says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. Nice. Not often we get to read a Revelation one unless it's one of our own songs. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I love that verse because it's like Jesus is already one on the cross, but he's also promising things in the future, which is part of our hope. So, absolutely. So yeah, we have a uh, Travis with us from Breach of Demise. So welcome, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, this is cool. I've never done anything like this. So neither cool did we until we did. So. So you start somewhere eventually with interviews because uh, everyone's trying to talk to the bands and uh, trying to get to know everybody. It's honestly, I've really enjoyed being, and I, I want to make a huge point on that. I've really enjoyed being a part of the lesser known Christian metal groups because of yeah. the the other metal artists and the people that you connect with because of it. I've had so many f- new friendships just because of that. So honestly, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, definitely. I've, met tons of really cool people and now i've met you guys too and it's just the connections you make and get to know everybody it's awesome so well you have a guy named logan to thank because i didn't know who you were until like a week and a half ago he's like hey this guy's cool you should have him on a podcast so you know oh cool there you go <laughs> awesome <laughs> it's awesome yeah i've met cool people like christopher johnson from uh hard look mm. talked to him quite a bit and just I've met so many other like one man bands that just cool to connect with people. We're going to have to start playing a water, a specify water drinking game uh, for every time that somebody mentions Christopher Johnson. Because <laughs> 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 honestly, that guy gets mentioned in our episodes more often than like anybody else. Yeah, it, he's a, it's funny. He's, he's a good guy and makes awesome music and it's, it's been awesome to talk to. So He's actually one of the guys that I first connected with when we started and I actually, you know, jumped into the scene as well because Zachariah had already started connecting with a bunch of other musicians and in the Facebook groups and all that. But uh, yeah, Chris Johnson was one of the first ones I connected with and le- legitimately talked to on a regular basis for a while. So yeah, really cool guy. Yeah, definitely. So tell us about yourself, Travis, and uh, what got Breach of Demise started? So... Uh... I've been a musician since I was like 12. Um, gotten a medal when I was in high school and stuff. And I've always gone to church. And uh, 
I wasn't a believer until about two or three years ago. I kind of went to church, was involved. I didn't believe and I backslid quite a bit. And um, Reaching Demise kind of started as like I started to believe and I had some health issues that started when I was like 20 and I couldn't play as much. And so I kind of gave it up for a couple of years and then I started to come to the Lord and I just felt like he was telling me like, Hey, like I've given you this talent and yeah, you use it on Sunday mornings, but you can also use it outside of church. You can reach other people. So I just started to write music back in about 2020 and I learned how to mix and master for about a year and a half and then release some music in 2021. That's kind of how, so it was kind of like alongside me becoming a Christian and it was like, God just kind of laid out my heart, like, Hey, like, you know, I've given you this talent, this gift, um, glorify me with it. So that's kind of it. Well, I don't want to dig too much into the details of it. Something that you're not comfortable with sharing, but I'm curious, like what, uh, what got you sidetracked early on in your faith that, uh, that you were able, not able to overcome, but that God helped you to, to get back on track through. So like, and I hung out with the wrong crowd in school. Um, mm. and, uh, and I knew, I knew better. Um, I had all, I had several opportunities to come to Jesus. I could feel him pulling on my heart and, uh, I just ignored it. And, uh, I got involved with the wrong crowd, started, doing drugs drinking um did that for years and it it just really weird i just started to do my own like kind of research and uh because i was atheist pretty much at one point and i just kind of i was like this world's broken there's got to be something to there's got to be some hope and uh i knew it wasn't like in our governments or anything so i just started doing my own research and just pointed more and more to a, a creator and uh jesus just worked on me he never stopped chasing me down and uh i was like the 99 and the one i was i was the one basically i feel like he never stopped even though i kind of denounced him a couple times and didn't want to have anything to do with it he still pursued me so i i don't know if zachariah can really relate with that but i did tell my parents when i was six years old that once i turned 18 i would never be in a church again but he had me as a worship leader by the age of 13 or 14 so (laughs) yeah i didn't really have that option god had the last laugh on that one yeah so (laughs) i can definitely empathize with that and i know i'm sure many of our listeners can as well just uh with dealing with that struggle and really trying to figure out what's true in their life especially depending on how they grew up so, yeah. So, as far as forming the band goes, what uh, other than using your talents outside of in the church, uh, what what in your mind set you up to do breach of demise? Did something happen in a you know a random occurrence of events? Uh, so, I started. It was right, like I said, right around the time I started becoming a believer. Um, I had moved, I didn't live at home for a while and I moved back home and I was really into the band brand of sacrifice at the time. And I seen how they did everything like by themselves. Cause I always thought I needed to find like people 
to be in a band with, or I need to have a producer and stuff like that. So I seen how they could do it. And I was like, well, I thought to myself, I was like, well, if they can do it, like I can surely learn how to do this to a, a okay extent. And um, so that kind of like, I, they kind of inspired me to start it a little bit just cause like I always thought I needed to have all this knowledge and I've learned quite a bit. And uh, also just part of it was like, I kind of bought an eight string guitar and I just wanted to write music with this. <laughs> I didn't want it to go to waste. So I, I was like, I need to do something with this guitar as well. So, and then I, I did, I just had a huge conviction of like, I got to use what God's given me. So that's, that's about it. You know, you could have just done what Hunter does and he plays his eight string guitar on his worship team at church or has in the past. Oh, dude, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So back in my previous church, I used to lead worship using uh, uh, Schecter Damien Elite 8. Oh, wow. And then uh, my current eight string is the one that we use for the for Blue Fire Horizon. And yeah. um, it's a Jackson Dinky 8. So it's a, and it's a fan fret, which is really cool. And a lot of people get freaked out about that. They're like, oh, you play a fan fret. Like, how is it? And I'm like, really? It's not that bad. And they're like, oh, I just feel like I'd have such a hard time. Like, that's what they always say. They always say it would be so difficult. It's really not. It's so much easier to play on a fan fret. So it, I don't know, just feels more natural to me because then you're not like trying to keep your hands in straight lines. You can actually have it naturally curve out. So anyway, long story short. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the bass player mostly on my worship team. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you ever get like a dirty look from your bass player for playing eight string or just like, um, <laughs> like he, it's like, dude, what, what, why are you trying to take my job or something? <laughs> Honestly. So my, my ideal in a worship setting, if I'm going to use extended yeah. range would be a seven string mainly yeah. for a low D chord or maybe even a low C. Once you start hitting low B, it's like, okay, now you're in the bass player's range. You're messing yeah, around with yeah. things. But, uh, yeah, I don't really use the lowest string when I'm playing it at church, honestly. It's, yeah. And it would also make my my sound tech very mad at me all the time because he'd be <laughs> like, dude, I literally EQ that out of your guitar. Stop playing that note. So, right. yeah, it. I try to ignore that as much as I can. And I I have a couple of six strings that I can use now. It just took me a while to to get around to having those put back together and all that, but yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. Fun, funny enough, I only get comments from the musicians, never from the congregation. <laughs> Nobody ever yeah. asks. <laughs> I think they're. In, I think they're even more intimidated. I think they're like, I don't even want to ask. I don't know what the answer is, but I don't want to know what it is anyway. So they're like, I don't know what instrument that is. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I also play a, a five-string bass, so I'm all about extended cool. range as it is. So oh, same. Well, I same. think that, like, honestly, the people at the church, like probably don't realize that you have more than six strings on there because most people probably look at it and be like, yeah, it's a guitar. It's a it guitar. has six strings. There you yeah, go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a guitar. It is a guitar, man. Yep. They're not worried about how many strings it has. It's it's just a guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the only thing they would notice is if you went up there with like the, the like eighties V guitar thing, you know? Yeah. The, yeah, then they notice and be or, like, he's playing an evil guitar. So I also used to play, and I still have it, but it's it's set up for the band as a backup guitar for a six-string and drop B-flat. But I have a BC Rich Kerry King, the Flame one, and I used to use that to play before I led the teams at my previous church. 
I uh, I would use that when I was just the guitar player. And yeah. I got comments every once in a while for that one because everyone would be like, it's so unique. And I'm like, yeah. you're just <laughs> wanting to call it ugly and you're not saying it. So. <laughs> or scary oh, yeah. and you don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was getting ready to say BC Rich has got some weird shapes to it. So Yeah, I mean, luckily... Yeah, luckily it's not like uh, it wasn't a Floyd Rose or anything crazy. So it was literally just just a BC Rich uh, Warlock. So it it looks crazy, but it doesn't sound super crazy. It had a decent sound for even playing at church, but not ideal because right. it's humbuckers and all that. You know, guitarist stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I've played on a wide range of instruments. So... I, but I I love extended range and I love odd guitars. So yeah, same same. I'm, I mean, I was more of a I started on bass and then picked up guitar like seventeen. But uh, I played a little bit electric on my worship team, but I'm mostly the bass player just because I know it a lot more. So so as far as musical training, what's your background? Do you have any schooling in that, or is it just self taught? Um, 95% self-taught like um, I started learning by ear and then when I started at church playing at church um, I had a kind of a mentor and he had toured excessively in like the hair metal days hmm. so he kind of taught me some music theory a little bit but mostly just kind of helped develop my playing in a band setting and music I was in jazz theory. Yeah, a little bit, little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> and uh, our old guitarist, I think, was allergic to that word. But anyway. uh, I know. <laughs> I and well, I played in jazz band too, and I skated through jazz band. I didn't, I didn't know how to read notation, and so I would go home and like write out the notes and then memorize <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. And then just skate by through jazz band, and so yeah. My jazz teacher knew, but he, he was cool with it as long as it was close. So I'd never really minded reading sheet music and I can still do it because it's a huge part of my job and I went to college for it. But at the same time, I memorized things so quickly that by the time that we would get around to the last few rehearsals of whatever before a concert or all that, I would have it memorized anyway. So I'm not even looking at the sheet music. So now my brain's not using that part of the, the, comprehension and so now i'm just playing based off of memory so yeah i, I totally understand that and uh yeah. early on i would definitely do that i had a, a jazz trio i played in in college i was the bass player and the guitar player at the same time on that eight string because i had my guitar pedal separate the sound based off of the pitch of the note and so if it was a certain level below it was a bass note and it went to a bass cab through my pedal and then on the other side it played it through a guitar cab and so when i was doing that i'd basically be paying, playing a bass line while playing the chords underneath it as well and so that is super sick yeah it, it was a lot of fun but at the same time it it taught me that my skill level wasn't where the saxophonist who was the leader of the band was because he could sight read like a beast it was crazy mm -hmm. and then he's like hey i want you to take a guitar solo on this song so I found my favorite version of a guitar solo of that jazz standard somewhere. And I literally wrote it down and memorized it. So, yeah, <laughs> I remember doing that. Nice. That was interesting. Not my preferred, yeah. but it, it worked for the situation because 
uh, the other option was uh, soloing freestyle over every song. And I'm like, no, I'll just take the one solo and I'll be good. You can solo the rest of the time because we're playing like yeah. a three hour wedding or, or, you know, three hour session after a wedding. So, oh, wow. Fun stuff. Yeah. I am incapable of anything like that. So don't look at me. <laughs> you can scream in a mic for three hours. Yeah, I can just I can yell at stuff. It's great. I I checked out Blue Fire Horizon this week because I've I've heard you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm too. Now. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I, terrible, I heard you guys. But I hadn't checked it out. And when your low gutturals came out, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, <laughs> it's sick, man. Thanks. He's come a long way. I don't I don't know what to do with compliments. Normally, I just insult myself yeah. the whole time. So I'm, I'm the same way. I I still learning how to do vocals myself. Uh, your lows are a lot better than mine in my in my opinion. But so since we're on the topic, how did you get your highs to sound the way that you do, dude? I do not know. <laughs> it's like. So you know, like how when people imitate screaming, they do that like that whisper kind of scream, like yeah, yep. Yeah. So I always imagine my I was like always imagine my highs sounding like that, and I just kind of worked at it. And I don't know, I don't, I really don't know. I watched a lot of, a lot of uh, Carter Vox Academy on YouTube. Okay, I don't know if you guys have seen that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I kind of took some of his tips, and yeah, I have no idea how I get there, but. It, it happens and usually you know i'm not a great vocalist so i have to do you know multiple takes but i get there eventually so you say that like we don't all have to take multiple <laughs> takes yeah, well, you say that like i don't sit for three hours trying to record the same part over and over oh man yeah uh just recording is such it's fun but it's such a pain man it's mm-hmm. it's tough especially when you start to do it to a click track so that everything lines up correctly. And I mean, yep. and I give credit to the bands who who do like all the time and tempo changes and all that. Like, that's nuts. I, I don't even know mm-hmm. where I would start to to do stuff like that. So the proficiency level it takes to to have that accuracy is, it takes a lot of work. It really does. I, especially bands that like record live off the studio and do that stuff. I'm just like, how in the <laughs> world do you do that? <laughs> I can guarantee they didn't go into it with just the the day of rehearsal. They were probably rehearsing together for weeks, going into a live yeah. recording, just to make sure that True. it wasn't something bad that happened. Yeah. So, Zachariah, what do you got? You want me to ask the questions? Sure. Why not? <laughs> See. That's not my job. My job is just to make fun of both of you while you guys uh, talk. That's, like that's I'm the fair. comic relief well, guy. Come on. The reason why I ask is because, for, I mean, everybody knows that I'm not the deathcore guy. That's just not my thing. I love it because I, I enjoy the style. But as far as like right. the one who, like if someone were to be like, hey, I need a deathcore band that does X, Y, and Z. Zach or I would be the guy to ask because if you ask me, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'll let you know in a couple of days once I listen to like every album I can think of. <laughs> So, I mean, I like I said, I enjoy it. It's just not the thing that I tend to gravitate towards in a way that I would be an expert. So the questions right. that I have are usually a little more elementary level. So if you've got anything you want to share about building your sound, feel free to go ahead on that. I mean, I never 
I'm kind of like you. Like, I, I love deathcore now, but so I grew when I grew up and in getting into metal. I got into Suicide Silence back in the cleansing album, mm. and I was really big into it. And then I like fell away from deathcore and got into technical death metal for the longest time. And uh, uh, core I never all the way. Yeah, core not, all the way. Tech death. <laughs> what I mean, I know Arch Spired, so yeah, stuff like that. Um, and then I never thought I'd leave it. And then I don't know, just this newer wave of deathcore. I've enjoyed it a lot, and I've just past five years gotten really back into it. So just kind of one of those things, you know. Do you have a, a top five bands at the moment that you would? Maybe not recommend, but like stuff that influences you. Okay, so they're not all deathcore, but um, so probably this re- they're kind of underground. Viramia is a technical death metal band. They're my favorite band of all time. Um, and then Brand of Sacrifice, Impending Doom. Um, right now, I'm on a huge abated mass of flesh kick. All right. And uh, the fifth one, you could probably say like, Older Rings of Saturn. I listen to a lot of that. So, um, all right. So, yeah. I know who really, all but one of those are. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say the first one is the only one that I don't know. Same. You're going to have to send me a link or something so I can check it out. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, very underground and they, they've made like one EP 10 years ago and they've had like a single come out in the last 10 years. So they don't have many songs, but I loved what they did. So, what are your thoughts on Silent Planet? Uh, Silent Planet, that's... I think my brother listens to a lot of them. Uh, they have the song Trilogy, right? I think, yeah, I think that's one of them. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. more metalcore than they are. Right, right. Yeah, my brother's... Yeah, he's a huge metalcore fan. Uh, yeah, I, I listen to a little bit of them. I really dig it. Um, the guitars... Because when I grew up in metalcore, man, that was like Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, back in those days and local bands that... But now today, like they have the low tune guitars and different vocal styles with a lot of ambience. I, I I love that kind of stuff. Um, I'd probably just need to more listen to more of it because, to be honest, now I don't really listen. To, like I listen to metal, but I listen to a ton of like worship music. Hmm. So, what are your top five worship <laughs> worship artists then? Oh, do we? Well. Shane and Shane. I love Shane and Shane. Oh, dude. Solid. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. Like we're already good. Like you don't even have to list anymore. We're good. I was worried <laughs> he's going to be like Bethel and Elevation yeah. Worship no, and Hillsong. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, no. Shane and know. Shane, we're already done. That's the worship initiative. That's, yeah. Sh- two yeah. Shanes. Yeah. Psalm 46, man. Love that Lord song. Lord of Hosts. So that's much. a great song. Yeah. Uh, have you heard, heard Ben Dixon's cover of that song? I don't think I have. You, Do you, you know who Ben Dixon is? Oh, I'll have to check that out. Do you know who Ben Dixon is? I've heard the name. He he does he has some uh originals as well, but he's best known for his like metal worship covers and stuff. So and okay. that he did that one. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll definitely check that out. That sounds sick. I am in the middle of adding you and then sending that to you because I'm not even <laughs> waiting. So awesome. I'll just show that to my worship leader too. He he absolutely loves Shane to Shane. So it's funny. Um, so I my brother lives in Tennessee, which we're up in Wisconsin. So okay. it's a good eight hour drive. 
but he was up visiting this this past summer and he's the worship leader down at his church and yeah all of me and my dad and all my siblings all play different instruments i play drums as well so he was like hey okay while we're up there do you think your pastors would let us lead worship there as a family like just our family so we did and tyler my brother picked all the the songs that he wanted to play and psalm 46 was one of them and i'm like the only reason i know this song is because of ben dixon <laughs> I, I didn't know that song i did that like i knew it was a cover but i had never taken the time to go and listen to the original right uh, i've that's probably my favorite worship song of all time, in all honesty. It's just, it's so good. Good song. Yeah, considering I doubt that either of the Shanes will ever listen to this because <laughs> this podcast is well below their radar. Um, yeah. Psalm I mean, 1 is was good in, when it came out, but it was definitely very early 2000s-ish. But mm. Psalms, the volume 2, all of those songs are on my my personal playlist to just be on shuffle at all times. It's fantastic. Right. I love that whole album. Hey man, Definitely. how do you know that they're not two of our like 45 listeners? Like could be. They could be. If, you never know. If he's if either one of them are listening, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I mean we played uh was it some Psalm, we do two of them. I can't remember the names of them right off. Uh, Far Too Wonderful, and then the other one was, uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember what the other one was, but they're both off of that same album. We do them at my church, right. so very regularly. Yeah. Oh, Wisdom in the Secret Heart was the other one, Psalm 51. So, oh, cool. But yeah, we do, anyway. Yeah, we do Psalm 34. We do some of their Christmas stuff, too, around Christmas time, so it's always fun. So what are your other top... <laughs> I mean, we're, we're solid, but um, I want to know the, what so, the other ones are now. So my church does play like Elevation, Bethel. I don't agree with it's the hard, whole lot. It's, it's hard to get away from those in yeah. modern churches. I mean. Right. So yeah. I, I do listen to some vertical worship quite a bit. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. What else is there? I'm trying to think of all the names. Um Lately, I've been listening to some like Cody Carnes, but mostly because we're doing some songs by them. Uh, let's see what else is there? I mean, I I do listen to a lot of Bethel, but it's more like I have to learn the parts to memorize them and stuff like that. Um, let's see what else is there. I listen to a lot of classics because when I was in youth band, I we played like uh, Great I Am. A lot of the older Hillsong, um, hmm. kind of stuff like that. So, fair enough. Yeah. And for anybody, I mean, anybody who's listened to us for an extended period of time knows that we're not huge fans of the the mega church music scene. But as a worship leader myself, um, be discerning in what you decide to play, because you know, like. Hillsong has the creed, uh, which is or this, I believe, which is called the creed, um, which is a solid song. It literally lays out what a Christian believes in a song format. Right. So, I mean, and if you're going to play it, you're going to pay the artist. Unless you have the time and the talent and the ability to really write your own song, that's a great song to use. So, you know, if you're going to use that one song, 
use that one song. But like, you know, that doesn't mean you have to use the rest of all of what Hillsong does when you play. And I would recommend that you don't. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's a it's a tough world with worship music because you got these mega churches that have the rights, and I even I'm not even sure like if you find an artist that does it, but they have it under their name. I don't know if they they still get rights to it or not. So most of them so, are under contracts with the churches that they're a part of because they're right. considered either on staff as writing uh, partners or otherwise they're just content creators with the church. So. I, they get a, a set pay and maybe a little bit of royalties here and there based off of their contract, but that's about it. The church usually makes the majority of money, which is why Hillsong is in an international operation at the moment. Right. That so, makes sense. But yeah, without getting into the politics of it. <laughs> oh yeah. No. <laughs> so <clears throat> that is a rabbit hole. Nobody wants to go down and I can yeah. assure you. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so while we're complaining about, uh, Hillsong and Bethel and <laughs> Elevation's lyrics. Well, why don't we to yours a little bit? Ah, yes. segue. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I did good. I did good segue. <laughs> good segue. Yeah. Zachary's so, doing you, things, um, people. If you want, woo, <laughs> I'm doing stuff. Um, but um, why don't you go through through the lyrics of the song we're talking about today? And that song is called Armageddon. Um, you can right. you could literally read all the lyrics if you want, highlight whatever you feel like, but what what kind of stuff stands out to you with the lyrics of this song? So uh, I don't have them in front of me, so let me think real quick. Um, Isn't it funny how even as a vocalist who recorded it and has sung it many times, even I have to like look up the lyrics to my own songs. I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know. I just I just sing them. I don't I don't know what the, the lyrics are. This is literally every vocalist that we have on. Everybody is. Hold on, <laughs> let me pull them up, which is fine because I. You know, if someone were to be like, hey, what's the fifth note in the chorus of this song? And I, I don't I don't know. I'll, I'll yeah. go play it real quick. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so why don't we start? With what what's the song about? Like, what is mm -hmm. the so? Yeah. So song about is so I've always even when I wasn't a, a believer, I was always very fascinated with Revelation in like end times prophecy, even when they talk about it in the old Testament. And so I just kind of first couple songs, I'm I've heard bands do it, but I just kind of wanted to go that route. Cause I knew I was like, Oh, this, this is a brutal thing too. Also. So it's about Jesus. Of course, when he faces the antichrist and he defeats them in the Battle of Armageddon for the see I, I before the millennial reign. I kind of believe like that's how it will happen, sort of. That's just my belief. So um, I know a lot of Christians think differently about when what takes place. So so I just it's about that, and it's also there's one line in there that I love. It's no one can stand against the one. Who has conquered all which is like, like talking about also the cross and how he's defeated death sin on the cross and um he will in the future also win all of his battles too so it's kind of what it's about hmm. yeah it's hard i've noticed uh because obviously revelation is a huge topic for mm -hmm. metal artists and uh 
you can definitely tell which people did their homework because going into writing something about Revelation at all, uh, for the people who do their homework, they come out with some type of eschatology. So <laughs> whether they, you know, can give the term to it or not, eventually they, they you know, like I find myself pre-mill, post-trib, pre-trib, whatever, right, post-mill, right. amillennial, whatever it is, they come out knowing okay, this is where I understand it to fall. But then there are the people who are just like, yeah, we're just going to scream about Jesus destroying everything. So like, that's fine. Yeah. Good for you guys. Not opposed to that either. But uh, it's it's interesting because I know Chris Johnson's another one like with his uh, uh, Echoes from a Fallen World. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Echoes of a Fallen World. Of a yes. Fallen yeah, World. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. not from. Um, I always get my prepositions mixed up. I'm terrible about that. I, yeah, I know it's terrible. Yeah. You're a horrible friend. Like, I, honestly. I am. I, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I wasn't trying to claim otherwise. <laughs> so, but I mean, like with that album and uh, actually a lot of stuff he's done has been based around revelation. So I know that he has done extreme deep dives. Granted, he's also going to school for stuff like that, but like, right. Yeah. Really diving in and understanding what you can about it, even if we fall in different camps, because I find myself in post-mill and that's fine. Yeah. But um, yeah, the way that we dive into it and really try to understand Revelation because it is part of the biblical canon and we do need to uh, reconcile it to all the rest of scripture in some way, shape or form, because it will influence the way that we view other things. Right. Yeah. Like, like you said, people fall in different like where, where they believe things are happening, but I don't think like it's, we can debate on it. Like Christians can debate on it, but I don't, it doesn't take away from the gospel. And that's our main focus. I think is like, you know, we got to preach the gospel and cause that's just what Jesus calls us to do. Couldn't agree more. So, yeah, it kind of came up in other discussions that it's like, you know, people talk about, you know, well, preacher, post, post, whatever, who cares? I'm like, what what does it matter? Because if I if I live my life every day as if I'm gonna be gone tomorrow, that just gives me more push to go and reach people now. Right. So mm-hmm. like I'm just gonna keep living my life trying to, to reach people with the gospel. And whenever I go, whenever I die, if I get raptured, if I, you know, get beheaded, if I die by getting hit by a bus tomorrow, like you know, just go out and preach the gospel like you're gonna be get dead tomorrow, <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. <laughs> make it sound so simple it's like we were told to do that in the first place (laughs) yeah right (laughs) right it's almost like we were given direct orders to do so we we can overcomplicate things so much it's just part of being human you know we're falling so speak for yourself i've i've stopped sinning a long time ago (laughs) all right joyce myers (laughs) i got it yeah like i'm already perfect I only said that because the door is locked and my wife is somewhere outside there. So she didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise the door would have been immediately opened and excuse me, what you no. see, you may be perfect, but she's not. And in her imperfection, she's unable to recognize your perfection. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. Good luck with that one. I have a lot of people that probably know me too. Well, listening to this, that, uh, are going to completely disagree and start sending in emails of, Hey, just so you know, <laughs> you did say this, you did yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, man. 
So when you were writing the song, were you were you taking pretty much directly from scripture or were you doing your best to interpret and use that in a more poetic style? Uh, a little bit, maybe a both. Um, so I'm weird. Uh, when I we sit down to do vocals, <laughs> when I sit down to do vocals, I do not have anything. Sometimes, sometimes I have some, but uh, it's mostly because, you know, I'm by myself. So I have to figure out these, like the vocal rhythms over the instrumentation. So I sit there with my computer and I go to a website and just read scripture and I'll like read and maybe there's a passage or a scripture that like references something from the old Testament. So I'll go read that and kind of like cross-reference them a little bit and kind of try to write it in a way. Cause it's almost from the perspective of like, you're there, the lyrics in the song, like, like from the people that will be there or like, if you were standing, like if you were able to watch it happen, it's kind of from that perspective. So I, I kind of do a little bit of both, I feel, but I do have scripture open and I'm referencing and trying to figure out like, okay, what, how does this fit together and all that kind of stuff at the best of my ability. And I'll read commentaries a little bit and just, just to make sure I'm, cause I, I definitely want my lyrics to be biblical. I don't want to add or take anything away. So. I like the approach. I know many who do that though we don't necessarily write that way it's definitely mm-hmm. something that we intend to we try to keep scripture in what we do in one way or another so yeah for me there it's either like the song itself is almost straight scripture or there's not really a lot of like any scripture involved more like christian themes if that makes sense. So like it's, there's no in between either. It's like crowns, which I don't know if one of the ones you listen to, but that entire song is almost word for word straight from scripture, like right. period yeah. or, you know, graveyard of hope, which is like not <laughs> at all. And like, even the songs that aren't straight from scripture like that, we still share the hope of Christ through it. Right. It just isn't, direct word from scripture or anything like that. I guess where agony ends is a good balance because, well, maybe not a balance, but where agony ends has both because a lot of the song is the Christian themes and struggling and uh, searching for God. And then by the end of it, it's literally uh, Matthew 11, 11, 28, 11, 28. Yeah. I say, I'm starting to get my chapter correct. Eventually I'll get there and be more (laughs) confident about it. But, uh, yeah, so we do have that song. But yeah, I, I think it's cool to see bands trying to take scripture and stay as true as possible yeah. while also uh, trying to get some more of the, the creative licensing and using uh, creative elements to it. But I think it's interesting because you're the first person I've ever heard say that you use commentaries to write your lyrics. Well, so, because like, so, I know like Revelation, it's it's hard to understand. Mm. and just some parts of the bible in general so like if i don't understand it man like i want to figure out what is the meaning what did the early church believe all that kind of stuff you know so i want to be as correct as i can be so well you're already five steps ahead of most modern evangelicals so congrats on that at the very least (laughs) 
<laughs> it's awesome. So, yeah, I say most of them wouldn't know what a commentary was or why yeah, they needed yeah. to begin with, let alone use it to write lyrics for something that they're doing. I don't right. know, man. I just need Jesus. Like, I don't need <laughs> to read the Bible and stuff. I just, I just need my relationship with Jesus, and that's all I need. I'll just follow my heart and follow Jesus. So, <laughs> it's tough now in the church these days. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, 21st century has not been kind to the church. It's been, yeah. it's been rough. And, and how, how, pray tell, are you going to know who Jesus is? It, is there like a, 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 a book, a collection of books that like told you who Jesus is? <laughs> Uh, or did you just like come up with them in your head I, I appreciate you following up your sarcasm <laughs> with a, le- a legitimate retort because that, that helps I don't know if anybody's going to understand I mean most, most of our listeners probably will mm. laugh at that because they understand where we are theologically and the depth of you know faith and all that but I feel bad for anybody who wasn't ready for that. Who's like, Oh, I guess I only need a relationship with Jesus. All right, cool. <laughs> Just turns off the episode and walks away. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. my, my people say, you know, I just, I just follow my heart and follow Jesus. But the Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like if you're just following your heart, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster right there. Yep. Definitely. So in, in writing this song, how did it differ from uh, the other song that you currently have released, which just immediately left my mind as soon as I went to ask the question? So that one another one called Left Behind? Right? Yeah, and that I didn't yes. want to talk yeah. about that one because that one. I listened. I listened. <laughs> the, the church is very you know divided on you know, rapture, is it, is it biblical? Is it not? So I, I was just like, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. So, <laughs> That's right. I mean, we don't have to jump on the theological topics. I was just more yeah. curious as far as like stylistically and just the pro- the progression, like how did you change things from that one to this one in recording the next song? Uh, it's basically about, about the same. Um, except that one was a little, that one was a lot more difficult lyrically. Um, so it, that one definitely takes more of a, like a poetic approach um like uh kind of like if a person was there kind of from that perspective um but the writing process is pretty much the same uh Mm -hmm. and i'm like right now i'm currently working on an album and it's just so both of those songs will be on there but redone because it's just kind of a story of like revelation from it's going to start with like left behind, but it's going to end with like a different song that hasn't been released yet. And about basically the completion of new heaven and earth. And, hmm. you know, Jesus is on the throne ruling forever and ever. So it's just kind of be, it's kind of a concept album a little bit, but, uh, that's just kind of what I feel like writing. But, uh, in the future, after the album, I'll probably start writing more, um, stuff, that has to do with like Christian themes and um, just more 
Jesus like on the cross kind of focus. Hmm. So, but that's that's the future plans now and kind of where those two songs fit in to it. So, on the album, then is it going to be uh, compared to the two songs that are currently released? Are we expecting the same style, sound, and all that? Or are you going to be kind of moving it around as the the song uh, uh, content needs? So, oh, it's going to be pretty. So, one of the things I love about albums is where they're different enough, it doesn't get boring, but you can tell it's the same album and band, obviously. Mm. So, like, a great example to me is like Nail Dead Risen and Bending Doom. Mm. um so i try to stick to a certain kind of sound but uh so like in revelation you have like if you're just reading it word for word you have like the seven trumpets the seven bowls of wrath uh seven seals of judgment um that seems like a really chaotic period so those songs on the album are going to be a little more chaotic sounding more technical um compared to other songs and um there's one song where i kind of talk about like i plan on talking about like the antichrist and his kingdom and the persecution of christians and all that and it's kind of got its own different kind of sound to it so it's it's staying pretty close to like deathcore technical with maybe a little slam influence about in that realm so well you know if in your writing and creation of this album you ever feel like having uh, any guest vocalists on or anything, I happen to know a guy <laughs> that loves doing guest features and doesn't charge anything for them. So, oh, you know, nice. get you the guy's name if you'd like. <laughs> you know, if you'd like to get some features on there or something. That would be <laughs> sick, dude. It's it's not me for anybody wondering. It's not, it's not Hunter. Oh, it's on. not Hunter. No. So your your highs are better than mine. So you don't need me on anything unless you need a guitar player for something random. So hey, uh, I definitely in the future plan on if not on the album for sure doing like I want to feature people I've met because I think that'd be super sick. Cool. I was waiting for Zachariah to say something else. Continue yeah. on the whole vocalist thing. I was like, did like, my internet drop? I hope not. Well, you know, so you said you're familiar with Hard Look. I, have you put two and two together um, on his song after the tribulation that that's me on there? Have you put two and two together there? Uh, I don't think so. I, I got to go back and listen to that, so. Yeah, that that's me. It's odd. He mixed my vocals like way different than what our guy usually does. So like, it right. almost doesn't sound like me. Not that it sounds bad, but it's like, yeah, this doesn't really sound like me. But cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, I've been listening to a lot of his like last latest album. So, but I will definitely go check that out. I, it's crazy how a vocalist can sound different based on who's mixing. I've noticed. Right. Well, and two, it again, it doesn't sound bad. So, Chris, if you're listening, I'm not trying to be like, yeah, it sounded terrible, man. But like, so I had what I do with Hunter when because he's the one that puts all the tracks together. We don't self mix, but I basically right. I send Hunter the tracks and he picks the best one, edits what he wants, and then sends it off to get mixed. So, so what I'll do is 
for one action and I'll record like 10 different takes and send them to a hunter and be like, Hey, pick the best ones. If you want to cut some up, you know, whatever, just, mm -hmm. I did that with Chris. He's like, cool. And just threw all of them in there. <laughs> that is awesome. So there's like eight local takes of me in there. I'm like, all right. It sounds cool when you throw all of them together. It just sounds like absolute hell, right. you know, yeah. but <laughs> I'm not sure how Chris does his vocals, but I've always, it always sounds like he does some layering or something. I don't know, but it sounds huge. Like, I don't know what he does, but it sounds awesome. I'm pretty know, sure it's multi-tracks. Yeah. Like he, he multi-tracks everything. It's like three, okay. four takes of everything. So, cause when he sent, uh, when he sent me some stems for something that I was working on with him, he had like 30 different vocal takes. <laughs> So he oh, did what wow. Zachariah did, but then I I pared it down to like the last five or six of them that I, I needed for what right. we were doing. And so, yeah, that works out great. And Chris has great resonance anyway in his voice. So all he really needs is a mm. few takes. But uh, I know he wants to get multiple different sound styles because he does do uh, highs and gutturals um, and get some mids in there. But he also wants to do some like more tunnel stuff. And yeah, like the yeah. breeze. He does a lot of breeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I yep. wish I was that talented. <laughs> I I have way too long to go to even wish for that. <laughs> so I'm not even going to bother, but uh, I yeah. have never done pig squeals on any blue fire horizon stuff. And I don't know. You might hear a few on the album. I don't know. We'll see. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, we have a new album coming out at the end of the year. So sweet dope that'd be, that'd be sick i wish i could do pig squeals i haven't figured that out yet i'm still trying to get a solid low going so because mine like sounds different sometimes i don't know what it is i might just have bad technique but so i'm still trying to get that down so well imagine trying to do it on the fly because zachariah likes to do things differently live than he would <laughs> like recording wise so sometimes he'll like start to go into the mids or the highs and I'll have to flip with him so that I'm doing the lows underneath him live specifically. I'm like, I didn't prepare for this, especially not this part of the song because I'm used to him taking that part. So I'm always preparing everything. That's not what he's doing. So yeah, that's, it's yeah. great when he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to do a high scream here. And so I have to go low, which my lows, I, we made fun of this. What last week on the podcast or something Lows, Yeah. Lows. My lows are like, low mids at best at best <laughs> so yeah gutturals are not a thing that i have ever done and it's not really something i will ever do but uh yeah i i've been getting better at least figuring out other techniques to at, make it so that i'm not the worst screamer in the entire metal scene <laughs> so <laughs> here's the thing is that he still is though i i know well that's the thing i, I didn't say that i wasn't i just said that i'm trying not to be that's Improvement. I, I'm better than I was yesterday. Not by much, Woo. but <laughs> so yeah, it's all about all a process. Can, all we can that's, do is improve. That's like saying that uh, a child that's three days old has better motor skills than a child that's one day old. Like, yeah, I guess that's technically true, but like the child still has no motor skills. I mean, I'm celebrating the little victories here. That's all I got. <laughs> Just gotta keep really going, little victories, <laughs> really little victories. <laughs> so, so this album that you're working on, do you have any like timetables for it, or 
you know, six years from now, two weeks from now. Uh, hopefully not six years. Um, so I got guitars recorded, drums. Obviously, I programmed the drums. I got all that written. Um, I'm working on recording bass now. And then vocals, which I still have to write the lyrics for some of the songs. And then obviously go through the whole process of like, checking scripture which will be part of like the writing and just recording it to make sure like rhythms don't sound wonky over the instrumental um because I'm, I'm a big believer like metal vocals can kind of make or break a song so like i, I want them to be kind of like an instrument but also be their own thing so so i'm hoping to have everything recorded by the end of this year and then probably what's going to take the longest is because i am just absolutely the worst about wanting my mixes to sound good so that'll probably take a couple months to make sure everything sounds even and nothing's like harsh or anything like that i'm, I'm still learning on all that so just trying to get better at it every time yeah, and I'm, that question wasn't to be like, hey, let's try to push him and see like how soon it can be. Because I mean, if it's a year from now and it's not released, who cares? Like, yeah, we've right. been technically like January of 2021, and it's looking like late 2022 that it's gonna, you know, get released. Right. And right now, it's it's recorded. We're basically done on our end. It's just our our mixing and mastering guy and. He's doing a good job with it, but it takes time to get good mixes, you yeah. know. So, mm -hmm. but it yeah, is I'm, what it is, and I'm really hoping it takes time. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really hoping by next summer, it's like ready to go, and you know, get all like the media out there and then release it. Hopefully, at the latest next fall. So that's what I'm hoping. So I was looking at the Spotify and I was curious, um, just looking at numbers and I, I hate to be a numbers mean everything kind of guy because it's really not how it works, but I was curious as far as numbers go, it looks like you have a decent amount of streams compared to your social media following. So like what, what does that look like for you as far as who you interact with and, and how that grew? So, um, it was pretty much dead until I got song out and put it on slam worldwide's channel hmm. i've all the songs i put out i put on their channel just to because i didn't know what to really do so that's what i that route i went and uh it's grown steadily um facebook's got the most followers right now compared to like instagram or anything and i have a good solid probably 20 people right now that like interact with everything and i talk to couple of them through messages and they're like hey man when's, when's the album dropping i'm like oh, hopefully soon like you know getting everything together and so i it's cool meeting the people and just talking to people i've talked to like a few people that are like you know like your music's helped me and i'm like you know i never like, i'm just making metal music dude like i didn't think <laughs> you know um it's, it's cool to meet people and just talk about their lives with them a little bit and just see where they're at. And, um, so I have a little decent following. I'm not exactly sure how Spotify works. Cause I upload through like TuneCore, 
and it distributes, you know? Yep. So we use DistroKid, but they do basically the same thing. So, yeah. Right. But, uh, do you, do you track your, uh, streaming numbers like through Spotify stats or anything just to keep up to, to date on that? Yeah. See. So I have Spotify, Spotify for artists, right? I think it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I look at that here and there. Um, I really don't know what I'm doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm starting to get, get it at least somewhat, but yeah, up, up until the last like year and half, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing either. And like our, our old guitarist used to kind of be in charge of the promotion and all that kind of stuff. And he ran the social media and that was that. And he left back in February last year and I kind of took over and I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing, but like, yeah, let's go. And we really didn't start to gain traction or anything until the beginning of this year. And that's when we kind of started posting regularly on social media. And I started really keep more keeping track of like our streaming numbers and stuff, because in doing that, you can see, you know, Hey, I posted this on just on Facebook and Instagram and like, the next two days after that, we got a, a bump in streams and followers and stuff. And I did, I posted this on uh, this and we didn't get any kind of a bump. And it's nice to be able to kind of see that correlation between what you're doing on social media and the actual listenership, because then you kind of know what, what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Like I've noticed. So I had like Christian metal source. I think it's the name of his channel. Reach out to me and christian deathcore i i noticed like i get spikes mm -hmm. after that kind of stuff which is obviously because they're sharing the music to other people and they're really awesome for doing that um like i've seen you guys your page posting memes and stuff <laughs> which are awesome and i'm just I, i've thought about doing that but i'm like dude i'm just not funny enough to come up not witty enough to come up with this kind of stuff so <laughs> Honestly, it's, Dude. it's getting us recognized not only by fans, but by the other artists. It's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> right. I think we're known as the meme band at this point. I don't I don't know any band that doesn't know us as the meme band. Well, I think you guys is like post today or something like you're going to post more or something like that. Oh, yeah. We're not done. Oh, I have a, a folder of memes in my phone that at once oh, every week or two, I just sit down and make 15, 20 memes. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. You know, and I have a folder for all of those that I have like 120 of them in there. And <laughs> maybe I posted like 50, 60, but like, yeah, I still got like 60 memes in there. That I haven't nice. posted and I just keep making more. It's like, eh. yeah, most, most of what I do is just talk about how much we suck like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just about it. <laughs> Oh, man. It's great. But I mean, like they say it takes someone seven times seeing an advertisement before right. it sticks with them. So like, that's why it's so important, you know, for us, because everyone always says, yeah, keep posting on social media, stay active on social media. If you post once every three months, nobody's going to care. You're not going to get any traction. So it's like, okay, memes, that's an easy way to just stay active on social media. And mm -hmm. I don't steal any memes. I don't want right. to be the dude that's like, yeah, I'm going to steal this meme and then use it. Like, no, nah, I'm not going to be that guy, you know? So like, it's, it's a relatively easy way, a active on social media. And I have alarms in my phone, like alerts in my phone, in my calendar to like, remind me of a specific thing. Like, Hey, 
post this today, post this on Saturday right. and so on, you know? So, and I've had a few people now like comment on different posts and stuff. I keep seeing stuff by this band. I guess I should come out. We hit that seven threshold and finally this person's going to listen to it. That, that's really cool. Cause like I've, tr- cause you know, I know like I should post more often. So I'm like, well, I don't have a lot of content. So I'm like trying to post like guitar videos or like I posted the instrumentals. Cause I'm like, Oh, here's, here's a little bit of content I can shovel out. Mm-hmm. So people know I'm active doing stuff. Um, but I feel like memes are really a great way to do it every single day and keep your audience <laughs> engaged. From a realistic standpoint, just for anybody, anybody that's a content creator of any sort, or even people who consume content, if you're just one of those people, um, for those who are a part of this in the scene, make sure that your management of your social media and all that is still up there, but don't don't make it something that's so big that you end up running yourself into the ground over it because it's very different for Zachariah and I, because I mean, granted we, we pretty much man the ship that is blue fire horizon in all aspects, including recording, writing, and social media. So Zachariah handles a lot of the writing of lyrics and vocals and all that. And even some guitar parts and drum parts. And then obviously the Facebook and then I man the Instagram and then the, the engineer side and all that. So trying to which 50, at least 50% of manning Instagram is just me sending him the meme with the caption that yeah. I use and him just reposting it. But I mean, I still have, I mean, I do the interactions with the people who can end up commenting and all that. And I, I try to make sure that I, I share cross platform for the things that I need to and all that. Um, but yeah, so as far as social media and management and doing the band stuff and whatever else you want to do, Make sure that you're realistic with it. Don't burn yourself out over it because yes, it's important. Yes, it'll help you out in the long run. But uh, yeah, when it's two people or even three or more people in charge of it compared to Travis trying to play all the instruments and program drums, write new music and <laughs> and try and get social media engaged, <laughs> it's it's a very different realm because now you have so much else on top of somebody who's already having other things to do, including just go to sleep, eat food, go to work. The the things that a normal person would be doing anyway, the rest of it's on top of that for us, but it's spread out. So it's, it's very different. But yeah, content creation can be exhausting, but at the same time, it can be very rewarding when you recognize that, uh, I don't know, at the beginning of the year, we had just under 200 followers on our Instagram, on Facebook, our face or not Facebook, Instagram on our Facebook. We had, uh, somewhere over 1100, something like that, 1200. And we've grown to about 1700 on Facebook and about 500 something on Instagram. So yeah, I mean, the engagement helps, but go at the pace that works for you. That isn't going to burn you out. That isn't going to take away from the actual ministry that you're trying to do. Yes, it's good to reach new people, but if you get to that point where everybody is reaching out to you and saying, Hey, I would love to connect with you. And you're just absolutely destroyed. Like there's, that's no benefit to anybody at that point. You're only hurting yourself. So be realistic with it. Obviously trusting God when he wants you to step a little bit further, but uh, yeah, be realistic and don't hurt yourself. (laughs) Couldn't agree more on that. So with this being a solo project, do you have mm-hmm. any intentions or hopes of getting other members and 
making it a full band or is this just kind of a, this is your passion project and you're, you just are content with it as is, and you just want to leave it that way. Um, so I live close to Joplin, Missouri, and, um, there's just not a lot of metal musicians. And, uh, if I were to find people that were first of all, Christian and had a passion for God and everything they do, I would consider having them join and we do shows and stuff. But honestly, I, I feel like this is just going to be kind of a passion project and, uh, I'll do, I think I'll do it for a few years and just see where it goes. Um, if it turns into an actual band, that'd be awesome, but probably just going to stay as a passion project for now. I think we tend to underestimate the, what I don't think it's a very nice term, but people tend to refer to them as internet bands. Um, mm-hmm. I think we tend to underestimate them because in their dedication and their con- commitment and consistency to whatever they're doing. So like say following the album, Travis, that you drop three singles and then drop a five song EP by the next summer. And then you do it again the next year, you know, you could very easily beat us if, if we're out there trying to go play shows and do a bunch of other things, like our focus just isn't entirely on building that, that online audience, which can definitely build streams, which I know, a lot of the, I don't want to say older artists, but the experienced artists are uh, are less inclined to uh, want that sort of platform. They want the old time of going out to gig and play shows and meet people and all that. And I, I don't think that that's bad either, but where you focus is important. And if you're, if you're trying to do your online and you're trying, you know, consider them all ministries, you're trying to do your online one, you're trying to do your in-person one you're trying to maintain content, like all these things, you're going to have to pick one eventually. So I, I don't see a problem with having it be a focus on the online thing with releasing songs and just interacting with that group, because that's a lot of what we do. I mean, we enjoy the shows that we get to go play, which are mainly Christian festivals. But uh, that being said, we we do focus on what's in front of us as much as we can. And then, you know, whatever God continues to give us is what we incorporate into how we're operating in that sense. And, you know, the music industry has changed so much. It once upon a time, you people would go to shows and they'd hear the band and then be like, yeah, this is good. And then buy the record or the CD or whatever (laughs) it was back in the day, the cassette uh, tape, the rock that they hit and it played music. <laughs> if you spin but, the rock just right, you can hear Striper in the background. <laughs> but like in today's day and age, people discover music online. And then when they find someone they like, then they'll go and see them play live. So like it's, it's flipped. It's flipped now from what it used to be. It used to be you hear them live and then you buy the music. Now you listen to the music and go see them live. So like you still got that the first step to that anyway. So like people are still going to be interested even if they don't get to see you live. People will still want to listen to the music. People music now is a bigger part of people's lives than it ever has been because you have the ability to it's right here on my phone all the time. Like I listen to it while I drive. I listen while I'm just sitting, doing whatever. Like 
I had music playing all the time. You know, it wasn't loud. So now just being a quote unquote internet band, you still have more reach doing that than people used to be able to do if all the, if they never played shows. Yep. So, right. you know, all the boomers that get mad about people, you know, writing music and then not playing shows. I don't really care. They're going to be dead in 10 years anyway. So, oh. <laughs> Wow. Oh, bold statement. <laughs> eh, I don't really care. People can get yeah. mad at me all they want. No. <laughs> I gotta, uh, I I gotta really look at something real that, quick. <laughs> oh no, what are you looking at? <laughs> um, well, according to our anchor analytics, <laughs> um, we have 9% of our listeners as people who are 45 to 59. Yeah, so, so you 9 can nine 9% can all just screw off. Oh, no, wow. I don't really care about you guys. <laughs> Say 45 isn't necessarily be, a boomer, though. 45 is uh, Gen fair, X. Though, so. To be fair, though, two of those are my parents. Yeah. So <laughs> they would be the first ones to tell you that they don't really know what goes on in the music industry in today's day and age. And air stuff they do, so <laughs> yeah, you know, my mom's not even, even my listed dad. as a statistic. She's the last one. It says zero percent for the last one, but she's definitely in there. It's just Spotify is not what she uses. So, uh, but like my dad even said once upon it, you know, that when he he got an, his first iPhone, which was his first smartphone, I mean, that he got Apple Music on it. And all that. And he said it like completely changed the way he, he viewed music and listened to music. He was like, it, right. it was, it's so cool to be able to just find whatever you're looking for on there, you know, and, you know, not have to like, oh man, I'd like to listen to this, but I don't have the CD, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so music has changed and with it, the rise come or the rise of internet bands and like, you know, I don't think that a quote unquote internet band is ever going to be the most popular of bands, you know, yeah. but it is still cool. If you won't, you know, to make music and have people be able to listen to it and enjoy it. Like, even if it is nine people, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Music's changed so much and like anybody can record from home nowadays. So, I mean, why not put it out there, you know? If you want to make music, why not do that? So, What year were you born, Travis? Uh, 95. Okay, so you and I are about the same age, and then Zachariah is just a year old, younger man. than me. You guys are okay. so old. <laughs> so, I mean, for our age group, and obviously people older than us, we remember when CD players were still a thing, like portable CD <laughs> players. Yep. So there was that where you, you know, if you turned it the wrong way or if you ran too fast or moved too hard, that the yep. CD would skip. Skip. You know, I had oh. one of those cool backpacks with the little circle pocket on the outside yep. that yep. like had the little flap thing where you could stick the the headphones, the headphone cord through, and you could like put your portable CD player mm -hmm. in your backpack. Oh yeah, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like if if those backpacks backpacks were good enough to last as long as we've been alive, our kids would look at them and be like. What? what is that even for? Yeah, like what was what's the little hole for? What's that little like rubber, you know, piece? That's for putting your headphone cord through. Like your, your headphone, yeah, your, your headphones had cords. Why weren't they wireless? Like, oh my goodness. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, have I told you before, uh, Zachariah, that I actually had a kid when I was a teacher's assistant in my senior year of high school for German? I had a kid ask me what a VCR was, like what a <laughs> what a tape was. And I'm, I just kind of stood there for a moment and I'm like, you know, DVDs, but it was like a brick. <laughs> instead of a cd that's that's all it was <laughs> so like, like, so did it spin like no it's a brick that's the point it doesn't spin it it had tape yeah it was very it was a very weird thing just from my my senior year talking to a freshman and i'm like how has the world already strayed so far it's so, crazy dude. <laughs> but yeah i mean if that's the case with technology and you know cell phones coming as far as they have since we've been born yeah, I can only assume that music and the way that it's consumed and the way that everything's consumed has drastically changed. And the way that we adapt with the times on that, you know, it it speaks towards what our desire and our involvement in our ministry has, you know, has become rather than saying, well, it, it was always done this way. So we're just going to hold to this. Like, well, you know, you'll get the people you'll get then. Don't complain when you have nobody talking on your social media, you know, to to interact with your your new songs and everything else that you're releasing don't ask me why you're not getting listens or other things because we've told you <laughs> here's your reason but no it, it's good and honestly i i mentioned it before even with a, such a small size i think that getting it on the uh, uh slam you said slam worldwide was the channel that you got it on yeah. yeah. So yeah. getting it on there is definitely a way for people to to recognize a band and and find them, you know, because they promote a lot of a lot of bands. Right. So yeah. Not just I, I love the comments on Slam or why you'll get those trolls are like, dude, this isn't slam, bro. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, no, it's it's awesome. I would love for those people to give me a literal definition of what is required for a slam song. Like the thing is that's so out there and just vague that like I'll turn to Zachariah sometimes. And I'm like, it has some slam influence, you know, just listening to a song. He's like, yeah, I guess I can see that. And I'm like, but I don't know what I mean by that. You just feel it. It's like <laughs> this, it has something about it. That's slam. Or like, cause you can tell what tech death is, you know, what death core is, you know, what metal core right. is, but like, I don't know, slam has a very specific sound that unless you really got like it, it's written out exactly like this, unless you had that as a definition, like it's really hard to be like, yes, it's absolutely or absolutely not slam. I don't know. It's yeah. just weird. Most things have elements of it, especially in death core. Right. Well, exactly. I kind of got into this, this discussion with someone on Facebook earlier today and it's like there are so many subgenres mm. in metal that to try to be like well this is slam and this is deathcore like that there's a reason you know brutal slamming death metal exists <laughs> like that's like you know like there's so many things like we try so hard to like music and bands into uh, a box and be like this is what they are and it's like at this point one every band is different you can't fit each and every one of them into specific boxes and two there are so many different subgenres of metal and so many things that people listen to like if i was gonna write a song i 
I it wouldn't be straight. This is 100% a metalcore song or 100% a deathcore song because I don't listen to just one mm-hmm. subgenre of metal. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna write what I enjoy, and so it's most likely going to be a a combination of like if I were to write a song, it would probably be some sort of combination of like a, a symphonic blackened slamming deathcore. Like that's you know. So, but I'm not gonna sit there and be like, yes, yes, this band but- is definitely a symphonic blackened death slamming deathcore band. Like. That's that's absurd. Stop trying to like fit every band yeah. into a specific box because every time you do, every time you try to classify another band, you're just creating a new subgenre for them that will fit their eight different influences into mm, one box. Yeah. Stop doing that. You're also giving the elitists another gatekeeping method. Yes. So don't, don't do that. Yes. I, but, I oh love, gosh. I love, I love the gatekeepers that are. Like deathcore and metalcore aren't metal because like hardcore is an offshoot of punk and punk yep. isn't metal and deathcore and metalcore have or have influences from hardcore therefore they're punk they're not metal I'm like you guys are dumb like just, <laughs> I, I don't know where to go with like it's clearly not punk let's stop being dumb. <laughs> I I usually stick to one. So like if I'm gonna say a band's a certain genre, I'll be like industrial deathcore, technical deathcore. That's as far as I ever go with it. I I can't do the whole four or five word genre mashup thing. <laughs> and I think that's fair. Like I mean, as far as the the problem is when you talk about uh, death metal and getting into deathcore and all the different like offshoots and all that there are the symphonic specific bands and then there's the non-symphonic bands, which, you know, that adds a, a, an element that people are either looking for or don't desire. I know a lot of people who uh, want pure death they or death metal, whatever. They don't want symphonic elements. And then there's me and I'm sure Zachariah as well. I mean, I think Zachariah likes both, but I prefer the symphonic area of things for either of those. Um, I don't enjoy it so much when it feels like it's just thrown in there to be thrown in there. Yeah, but when right. it feels like it's a real part of the song. Yeah, it sounds oh, really yeah. cool. It's awesome. I, I'm just not one to be like, yeah, the symphonic elements are just there to be there kind of thing. I don't enjoy that. It was funny that you brought up Brutal because that was the next thing I was going to make fun of. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like when the vocalist on stage at, at a church is trying to explain how a sound feels or like they use colors <laughs> or random you know metaphysical conversational things to be like you know it just it, it feels fuzzy like fuzzy as in like ba- you know feedback or like fuzzy as in like it's muddy <laughs> like you know it's just it's like it's like dark like what the what does that mean that doesn't mean anything See, when they say so when they say brutal slamming death meth okay because that's the phrase that i used earlier mm. The the slam the death metal with slam influences, right? Yep. So it's got right. like some slam in there, yep. and then the brutal is referring more to the vocals. Is That's it just straight the, guttural? Yeah, yeah. Is that all it's trying to say? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just it. It gets so so <laughs> I know, out it's, there. <laughs> it's still like I still see people try to like I I the more that I listen to music and the more involved in music. 
I get, the more I understand the different subgenres and stuff. But still, I see people say things. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, just tell me the kind of music. I don't need eight words to describe hmm, one song. Like, come on, just tell me what it is. You get, you get those bands, they'll take advantage of it and like they'll put on the back of their shirt. We're like brutal grind, slam, symphonic death, metal core punk. Like they'll do that kind of thing. That always cracks me up too. We'll see. And like someone had asked me like, because Hunter, um, the first EP we wrote, Hunter was not involved in the writing. So this album that we have written and we've released a few singles from it, that's the first project that he's had a, a large part in writing. Someone had asked me like to describe it. I'm like, let's see. It's metalcore, <laughs> but like definitely some deathcore influences and kind of like progressive metalcore because he's a jazz musician, but also like there's definitely some hardcore stuff in there because Hunter's kind of a hardcore guy. So like, you know, there's some, some hardcore elements thrown in there, but then like there's definitely some stuff that's a little bit closer even to just like hard rock because there's not a whole bunch of metal elements in that. And like, can we just, we're metalcore. We're, yeah. It's metalcore. Yeah. There you go. Like, we're just going to stick it with yeah. that because that's kind of the middle ground of everything. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Common denominator through it all. There you go. It's always great sharing that with uh, not just my congregation, but other Christians who find out, I mean, that don't listen to metal. When I'm like, yeah, I'm in a Christian metalcore band. Usually that is just like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then as soon as I say deathcore, they're like, yep, hold yep. up. <laughs> You're in a what? <laughs> like, don't worry. It's Christian still. Like, But you said the word death. That can't be Christian. <laughs> it, yeah, it's always so weird because if that freaks them out more than the, that I'm in a metal band, it's just yeah. as soon as I say deathcore, I'm like, no, it just means that it's but heavier than what you would hear on a radio almost ever. But then there are the people that are like they they call it life core or like core. white metal, and I'm like, I get what you're trying to do, but it just sounds cringy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you say that now, I mean, but we actually have there's a new band called Life Core. I'm pretty sure. I know. So I feel bad for him. I know he hasn't. He's a good, on a good mission. He's a good guy. Just yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, I'm not saying anything. It's fine. It's fine. It's life metal. We need life metal and unblack metal and white metal. And yeah. See, (laughs) and then there are the people that don't understand metal because I had a coworker when I was the stuff that I listened to, he's like, I listen to like some death metal and stuff. I love oh. five finger death punch. I'm no. like, Oh no, lady, oh, you no. did not just call five finger death punch, death metal. You did not. I know you just, you did not just do that because oh, no. no. <laughs> and then she like put, when she's working, she'll put on her like work playlist and stuff. It's like, Lady, you say you like listen to death metal, but the heaviest thing you have on here is Slipknot. And it's not like the heavy Slipknot. It's like the radio Slipknot, you know, oh, yeah. where they have a, they've got their songs that are like, <laughs> like, stop, stop saying you metal. It's going to sit listen to Nickelback and Slipknot all day. Like, <laughs> stop. She says she has Slipknot, but what she really has is Stone Sour. <laughs> <laughs> No, she has, she has, 
because she had her work playlist and I always knew it was her work playlist because I swear she had like 60 songs on it and that's it. Mm. Because I hear the same songs at least twice every single day. And I think she had like two Slipknot songs on there. And I can't remember what they were, but it was two of the like very soft Slipknot songs, you know, like the ones that are basically just like radio hard rock, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember if this is one of them, but the oh, song that comes to mind is Vermilion. A lot of Vermilion Part Two. Yeah, yeah. That one's really good. Yeah, Vermilion would be one that I would think would be part of that. But anyway, not to get on a Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a lot of Slipknot and a, or a couple Slipknot songs and a lot of Nickelback, like oh, way boy. too much lit Nickelback. <laughs> and I've, I've had it where I tell people I'm going to like I do Christian metal and they're like, what, like skillet? And I'm like, oh, no, I've been no. there. Too. <laughs> I've been there, too. They're like, what, like skillet? I'm like, no, heavier than that. I'm like, what's heavier than skillet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets heavier than skillet. I, uh, yeah. I had. <laughs> A lady, so I work with a lady who also goes to my church, and I was talking about the band, right? And that we do Christian metal. And she's like, Oh, I really love for king and country. I'm like, No, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> heavier than that. She's like, You mean like skillet? I'm like, Way heavier than that. She's like, I don't heavier than that. Yeah. Like, did oh. you just, you, did you just, Say for king and country in response to me saying that I'm in a Christian metal band. (laughs) (laughs) That was a unique one. And to be fair, she's like at least in her late fifties, maybe like early sixties. So like, but still, yeah, still. I mean, that generation was the one that called ACDC heavy metal back in the the seventies. So. I, I I have to at least give them the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to understand, but until they've, I mean, not that they would even want to most likely, but until they've really like had the chance to dive into stuff that's heavier than anything they would normally listen to. It's kind of hard for us to explain to them like, no, there's, there's screaming. Like, you mean like, like yeah. literal screaming? Like, no, not, no, that's hardcore. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to like explain to them what's actually going on there. So you make that noise with the computer like no that's that's <laughs> entirely the mouth that's our throat my, my mom the first time she heard our, she actually asked she's like so you like sing normal and then like do computer stuff to it to like make it sound like that i'm like no mom no <laughs> i don't that's just me like there's some light editing to it, you know, but yep. no, that's just me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I've shown people my vocals and they're like, there's no way a human. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, like you put distortion and pitch shift. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, dude, no, like it, it's not no. that, man. <laughs> no, nope. like, this is actually human doing this. It's screamo. That's what we oh, do. No. We can just, no, we no. can refer to all. <laughs> oh. We can just refer to all metal as screamo. And there you go. Then there's no arguing about subgenres. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> there might not be arguing about subgenres, but you're about to have a civil war. <laughs> My yes. mom calls it screamo. I just let her. I just let her. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I love when people refer to them as cookie monster vocals. Like, yes. Oh no. Okay. That's bad too. 
like, okay, you know what? I'm not even going to like bother with trying to say anything because you don't want me to anyway. You just want to call them cookie monster vocals because that's how you can belittle them is. Mm-hmm. It's just cookie monster vocals. It's not real singing. It doesn't take any talent to do it that. It doesn't take any talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then if I were to retort with like, yeah, but like, you listen to look like women in the A's. So like, you know, you can make fun of mine, but at least like I look like a man, not, you know, like Michael Sweet did back 20 years ago. <laughs> you mean yesterday? <laughs> He's got a little like soul going now. So like at least natural hair. He still got the long hair and yeah. dresses like a weirdo, but you know. Uh, but I mean, as far as content goes, we're also not singing about inappropriate things and underage women and all the fun stuff that the '80s hair metal guys were talking about. Right, great stuff. Yeah, <laughs> even if our vocals are unintelligible, at least we're singing about important things and you know, fighting depression and anxiety and trusting in God and stuff that's actually worth singing about. So yeah. Lord says make a joyful noise and that's subjective. So that's how I kind of view it. It could be joyful to me, but maybe not someone else. So yep. Wow, we got kind of sidetracked, but it's we okay. did. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> So anything else, Travis, that you would like our listeners to know about you? Anything else you want to share? Any interesting tidbits about you? Uh, I mean, I don't think so, man. I mean, other than like metal, I'm just really involved at church. And um, three of my best friends are pastors that I serve with on the worship team. And I'm heavily involved in the worship team. And uh, I firmly believe, like, people, you need to go to church because you need to be surrounded by other believers. And just serving with other people is just a joy. And using your gifts and talents for the Lord is is something I am extremely grateful for. And um, never thought I would be here, but here I am, so... And one more thing I was going to ask earlier and forgot. So breach of demise. Right. Where did the name come from? Okay. So I'm a huge Legend of Zelda fan. And uh, so in, I think the last two games, the Hyrule Warriors and the Breath of the Wild, there's this area called Breach of Demise. It's like a little like plateau area. And I, when I came across it and it popped up on screen, I was like, that sounds like a metal band name. <laughs> and uh, And I couldn't find a name for this project band, whatever you want to call it, for the longest time, I struggled. And uh, so I was like, you know, I was because I thought I had to keep it, like, biblical. And I was just like, I don't, I don't think, you know, as long as the message is good. So I was like, I'll just, I always thought that was a good, cool name, so I used it. So Kind of a Shadow of Intent sort of thing. Yeah, kind of. Yep, it wasn't, yep. wasn't Shadow of Intent, wasn't that, like, the name of one of the ships in Halo? I know I it's so. a Halo reference. I know right. it's a Halo reference. And they make Halo references throughout their music, but 
Yeah. 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 Pretty sure. It works for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had people actually hit me up and they're like, I knew it. I knew that's where it came from. And I'm just like, awesome, dude. <laughs> See, I'm going to create a new than... band. It's going to be a, a 1400s era band called the Merryweather. <laughs> <laughs> We're just naming everything after ships and other things. <laughs> there we go. Oh man. Classical core. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm taking Zachariah's role in being useless this episode. So that's great. We can all be useless. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this has been this has been a blast. I've never done anything like this. So this is really cool. <laughs> oh man. See, if you were on like other podcasts or other interviews and stuff, they actually like I've been on inter- to on you know been interviewed and stuff by people who have like actual questions and stuff written down, and they just like robotically ask the question. I give an answer, then ask the question, and I give an answer, and like it's like yeah, that's cool. It's a great way to like get people to know facts and stuff, but like you kind of get to see your personality and right. your character and who you are if you do like the three of us just sit down and have a conversation yeah we'll ask you some questions because i know people are going to be sitting there thinking where did the name breach of demise come from you know so like that kind of thing i know people are going to want to know so there are some standard questions that we ask everybody but a lot of it is like let's just sit down and people can hear us babble for an hour and a half (laughs) (laughs) about random male subgenres and we still manage to get people to listen every single week i have no idea it's awesome Uh, they must like to torture themselves. It's probably the same people that torture themselves with our music. Let's be real. I yeah, mean, that's true. If they, they're listening to us, it's because they hate themselves. That's <laughs> literally the only explanation. <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing for that one. You're probably right. <laughs> well, thank you, Travis, for uh, hopping on. We're going to play your song armageddon so people go stream that song listen to it follow him on social media facebook do you have instagram yes the band or just yep yep. go follow on facebook and instagram i know we have some listeners that don't do facebook but they have instagram so you know go and follow him on all social media stream the crap out of his music and make him blow up overnight because we definitely have the amount of listeners to like do that thanks so much guys stop talking <laughs> and so this yeah this is the song Armageddon you can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1 $5 or $10 all money helps keep this podcast up and running as well as supports lesser known Christian artists thank you for listening and God bless <laughs>